The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, not just to do the practice, like concentrating the breath as if that's the, you just try to just be, 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 be on the breath, but to also kind of, also to have kind of a more step back and a bird's eye view of yourself to notice how it's going as you concentrate, knowing as you're meditating. So you can monitor yourself and use some of the, uh, what's happening as a as feedback loop, use some of what's happening as to make corrections, to know how to find your way. And so, but this idea of monitoring yourself can also add a lot of complications to people because people can be very self-conscious, they can uh, make it into an engineering project, they could strive, they can push, they can measure, they can start measuring themselves and comparing themselves to certain standards of how it should be going or what's supposed to be happening. And so, um, you know, it's, it's fraught with danger, any kind of monitoring. And some people find meditation very relaxing, meaningful, because maybe it's the one time in their life where they stop monitoring themselves. They stop that self-conscious activity. And just being very, very simple and present for the breath, to just, that's, that's what's meaningful. So, you, you know, the idea of monitoring yourself is to know what's working, what's not working. And if, what's, if monitoring is not working, then you monitor yourself enough to know that. <laughs> and then you stop. You know, if that, if just leaving yourself alone, not doing any of that for a while, is the most helpful. Then hopefully you know yourself well enough to know that's what you need. But the art, part of the art of meditation is to know how to effectively monitor yourself, to kind of know what's happening, know the different aspects, know, how you're, know something about how you're applying yourself, notice when you're distracted, know how to come back, um, all in ways that are harmonious or supportive of the process of getting settled or concentrated. When we think of the, uh, when you think, when you hear the word concentrated or concentration, um, I, I would be nice if you uh, then um, associate the word concentration with the following um, qualities: being ready, soft, free from hindrances joyful and bright. So the mind becomes ready. Ready means receptive, open, something can happen. Soft means soft, as opposed to hard and tense. Uh, Free from hindrances means that we're no longer caught up in the distractions and things of the world, but we're just, you know, you can really be here. Joyful means joyful, some some level of delight or sense of well-being. There there certainly can be joy in the process of meditation and concentration. Um, Though if you just leave it, use joy as the only word, some people have a particular idea what joy is supposed to look like and they try to manufacture it or they measure themselves. I kind of like the term uh, well-being because it covers a much wider uh, range of feelings in that family of things. Well-being, joy, delight, happiness, gladness, something. And then bright. So a bright mind, a clear mind, uh, happens. So when you hear concentration, um, not to have to memorize this list, but there's kind of these kinds of wholesome good qualities come along. So if you find yourself getting um, uh, exhausted or tense, um, if you find yourself getting hard in the mind, if you find yourself kind of getting caught up in the hindrances of aversion or desire, even towards the concentration thing, uh, if you find yourself being kind of grim as you do the practice, 
or if you find yourself uh, being kind of, things get kind of dark and heavy, uh, perhaps it's not, you're going, you, you monitor yourself and you realize, oh, this is maybe not so useful. I think I need to correct something. As opposed to uh, what I've done in my early years of meditation was things weren't very go- going very well. I was going the opposite of these beautiful qualities. And so the solution, of course, was to try harder. And try harder with this exactly the same way. The very thing wasn't working, do more of it. <laughs> And, uh, and that doesn't, since obviously doesn't work, right? So, so since, since it's not working again, then it just means more effort, more of the same, more of the same. You know, it takes a while to learn, you know, that more of the same is not helpful. And so, um, and so, so the monitoring, watching, and what you're, what you're doing is an important part of this. So let's do a meditation. So taking a posture that expresses some alertness, vitality, and perhaps even concentration. taking a few long, slow, deep breaths. And as you exhale, settling in, composing yourself on your body. Centering yourself here in your body. Relaxing the belly. Relaxing the shoulders. The area of the shoulder blades. And if there's any way which you feel you're bracing yourself, perhaps you can soften that bracing. Once again, see if you can bring to mind some time in your life where you were satisfyingly concentrated. You were absorbed in activity, whatever it might have been, in such a way that the state of mind that you were in stood out to you as being deeply satisfying because of the focus, the peace, the stillness of the mind, 
And see if you can remember this, maybe even visualize the situation you're in. The sights and sounds, smells around you. As a way of maybe reliving what your own inner experience was of being concentrated. If you're aware of your body, what did your body feel like? What feelings, sensations were there in the body? What was your mind like? What was going on in your mind, your mind state? What was your emotional state, your mood? What did it feel like for you at that time to be focused and concentrated? Is there any kinesthetic memory of the time? Any way in which the feelings, what it was like, is available to you now? You can feel it, sense it, hear. And see if you can let go of the memory of the time and activity you were involved in. And just settle into whatever lingering sensations or feelings might be here, left from having thought about it. And then gently see if you can welcome or invite in breathing, the experience of breathing, into that state. See if you can let yourself get focused, attentive to breathing. Perhaps allowing breathing to become so familiar, so central, that breathing becomes who you are.
Monitor yourself enough that you notice if you're more involved in thoughts than you are with your breathing. See if there can be a gentle intentness or even commitment <clears throat> to let yourself enter into the world of breathing, just breathing. And then gently see if you can find anything about your experience of being with the breath, the sensations of breathing, or what it's like to be with the breathing, or maybe the relief of being here and not caught up in the, your usual concerns in the usual way. Whatever the delight or the pleasure might be, let there be some pleasure, find the pleasure of being here, practicing on the breath, in such a way that the pleasure encourages you to continue with the breath, encourages you to enter into the breathing more fully.
as you're sitting here, let your thinking mind become quiet in the way you would if you were trying to listen to a sound faint far in the distance. Not to strain to listen, but to be available with all your senses to listen deeply with no interference. See if you can let your thinking mind become quiet so you can sense and feel into stillness, softness as you breathe in and out. See if there can be a softening of your attention so that you soften into breathing so that the mind settles into just breathing. See if it can be a simplicity of being so simple that all you need to do right now, the most important thing, is to be present for breathing in and breathing out.
And then see if very gently, lightly, you can monitor yourself. Monitor yourself whether you start thinking or the way you're efforting. Monitor yourself to notice where the pleasure, enjoyment is. Or how it's meaningful or useful to stabilize your attention on the breathing. Monitor yourself ever so lightly so that maybe you can see what you can do to stay present. And then in the last minutes of the sitting, as you stay with breathing in and breathing out, can you do so in a way that evokes, recaptures some of the ways that it felt to be concentrated in a time in your life when that was most meaningful or satisfying for you? to relate to your breathing, enter into breathing. 
And then to end this sitting, taking a few long, deep breaths again, taking a few moments to connect more fully with your body. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. Any comments about what that was like to do that guided meditation? Could you follow along? Was different aspects of it helpful or not helpful? Or <clears throat> I, I had a couple of things especially helpful. Um, one was when when you suggested just pleasure. Um, being in contact with the pleasure and uh, it it just really seemed to encourage staying with it rather than rather than some kind of more dutiful approach that would be uh, oh come back to the breath now <laughs> why would I want to leave it you know oh, why would I want to leave it if it's pleasurable yeah nice yeah. And the other one was just the softness um, uh, of the monitoring, you know, just uh, very softly bringing myself back rather than uh, uh, more jerkily. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, Gail. Uh, I'm Steve. I remember it good. Uh, something came up in this uh, meditation that uh, hasn't really before. And it's sort of a notion that to get that kind of concentration, and when I'm able to grasp it for a breath or two or three, seems to have something to do with safety. Mm. Or security. Or confidence in myself Um, and it comes about because we're here and everybody here is struggling with us or trying to do this same as me and that feels comfortable but when I can have that feeling a little bit of that feeling that I'm alright here and in general I'm okay in general I can deal with the world then I can leave the world, go off by itself, and stay in my breath better. Mm, nice. And I hadn't put that together before, and I'm not sure what it means. I think it's a great insight, so I think you should kind of live with that, explore it, reflect on that insight, let it sink in, and support you, and find a way to let insight can support you in your ongoing practice. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Um, and 
just adding to it. Yes, I was really touched by um, a phrase that kept coming up, so simple, but it was letting go, breathing together. And uh, letting go reminds me what you were saying about a certain hypervigilance that's always there that doesn't absolutely need to be there whatsoever. Mm. And there's something about the breathing together, mm. both inside and out, that takes care of everything. So no need to be so vigilant. Feel, feeling safe is very important. So exactly. Be able to no longer be concerned with the world around you and just be here fully, be at home here in this moment. Um, when we first were... N- name? The- you say your name. I'm Carol. Um, earlier, when we did our little exercise, what really came up for me powerfully was um, an experience I had at the retreat in December, which was um, where it seemed like all the difficulty just fell away, and it was wonderful. And I think I was I was very concentrated. And when you asked about what um, what the uh, uh, conditions were, or something about that, it was safety. Mm-hmm. And I realized what and what happened to me in this last one was that I really did feel the calmness of getting in touch with my breath again, and that that. But where I'm living right now, there's um, a lot of construction work going on, and it actually is going to be affecting me personally. So I, I, I guess it came up powerfully with this sound of this machine. I realized, whoops, there's the fear again. Uh. So anyway, it was a real insight into, um, I think, the importance of your environment yes. to... And, and the importance of really feeling safe yes. to all this. Yes, I think, I guess what you said is great, <clears throat> but I wonder if we restate it, rather than the importance of the environment, if we say the role of the environment, because if you say the importance, it might seem like, oh, I better get a better environment. Or I, um, but the role of the environment has definitely a big role, and the opportunity with the, blow, the blowers or the construction sometimes would be that, yes, you can't get concentrated, Maybe that's, this is not the time to try to get concentrated. This is the time to deal with the fear. And, uh, and dealing with the fear that arises is a very responsible thing to do for a meditator. It's not always about pushing it away or trying to figure out how to make it go away. And that's so, yes, safety is really important. But if safety is not available in an obvious way, you know, or, I mean, sometimes our fears are, you know, are not that realistic. Or they're complicated. So sometimes what needs the practice involves looking at those. But great. So great. I appreciate very much those comments. And uh, so I'd like uh, for you to do, uh, have a little conversation now amongst yourselves. It's going to be in two steps. The first will be in a group of four. And the second, and I'll, I'll bring the bells, and the second will be a groups of two. And um, so in the groups of four, uh, I would like you to at, um, I think it might not work. Maybe it'll have to be one group of six to make it right. We'll see. Um, but groups of four. And, uh, and if you could just, in a uh, very simple way, go around the circle, maybe n- multiple times if you don't speak for a long time, each one. It's probably better just to keep it kind of short. 
and um, and say uh, describe or say a few words about uh, what it felt like, what it was like in a kind of personal, experiential way. Uh, some of the times when you felt most concentrated in your life in a way that was satisfying and meaningful. So not necessarily that near accident in the car, you know, where you, everything got focused. And the, you know, unless that what you felt afterward was meaningful. But you know, what it was like, and you don't have to give a lot of story or detail about what the event was. What's interesting is how you experienced it for you inside. And the advantage of not of just kind of saying it brief, you know, this is what it was like. Um, um, say enough so you feel like you've explained yourself, but not is that the more times you can go around the circle, the more you're going to be reminded or informed by what other people say, and it'll spark some kind of association. Oh yeah, I remember now there was a time. Oh yeah, that. And then you can offer more, and there's kind of a group dynamic that happens when that's interesting. When the, the kind of I like to think of it as a group mind happens, where the group has an entity in itself, that something can happen, as opposed to we often kind of think it's me, myself, and mine, those people, or something. You know, I don't know something, and we, we kind of look at ourselves as being so individualist, individual, and that's an important point of view. But it's also very interesting to kind of step beyond that or outside of that and just be see what happens, you know, when you share in the group and let yourself be influenced by the group and the group's influenced by you and all that. Make sense? So share with uh, what the experience, personal experience was like to be concentrated at some time in your life when you had a higher quality concentration in a way that was meaningful or satisfying for you. And uh, do that for a while and then I'll ring a bell and then I'll give the instructions for what to do when you're in a pairs of, of two. And if uh, it turns out that we're not a, a uh, you know, you know, there's an extra group of two because of the numbers here group of one or something, those are people that don't find a group of four, uh, come towards the front and I'll help you uh, be con- figure out how to connect you to a group of one or two groups that are a little bit bigger. <clears throat> okay, folks. <laughs> So, <clears throat> so the second, the second part of this is to pair up with someone else, <clears throat> and the topic for you to discuss together or with each other is um, is meant to be kind of very open-ended. So <clears throat> you can take it different ways. Each of you might answer this question in very different ways as you as you see fit or as is useful for you. And this doesn't have to be like true confessions of everything that you ever, you know. But rather, so the the topic is, um, what is your relationship to concentration? What's your relationship to samadhi, to concentration? Um, And so, again, it's open-ended, it's whatever that's stimulated for you, or, you know, it's fair, fair to talk about, or as it comes up. And uh, perhaps a nice way of doing this uh, is to um, <clears throat> start off. I, I ask you, maybe hopefully each of you can time yourself, if um, each group. <clears throat> but start off with maybe uh, each person talking for about three minutes or so, just kind of talking about it, and it's kind of a monologue, and then the other one witnesses, and then and then and switch and let the other person have the three or four minutes, and then once you've both had that chance. <clears throat> then you can continue having the conversation that's maybe a little more fluid, going back and forth and 
continuing saying more about yourself or <coughs> whatever seemed to come out of that listening to each other and talking. Does it make sense? So about three or four minutes each to time yourselves. And then, uh, so uh, if you could pair up with someone and... Um, it could be from the group as you see fit. Whatever's easiest for you, whatever feels right. <clears throat> and if they have trouble finding someone, you, could, you know, walk towards the front and uh, that'll help you. Concentration, talking about concentration. <laughs> and some of you, an important part of concentration is learning to let go. When the, when the bell rang, so, when the bell rang, some of you didn't. <laughs> I think it was a lot of energy. I think, uh, well, and in a few minutes for lunch, uh, but um, maybe it should be good to sit quietly for a few minutes to settle in, relax. So thank you, and um, it would be nice to uh, hear from a few of you, uh, especially nice people who don't sp- don't speak often or haven't spoken yet. But give those chance first, maybe, of um, you know what was that? What was that like to have those two conversations? The groups of four, the groups of two. Any insights? New insights for you? Understandings? Any? Thing that was meaningful for you about those conversations? Um, one thing that kept on coming up for us is the idea of losing oneself in concentration getting really immersed in something so that you're not really aware of anything else versus almost this meta-awareness so that you're concentrating. You might be focusing on your breathing, but, um, but you're also a part of everything else. So, I mean, there's this kind of this question of awareness versus concentration and mm-hmm. what happens to awareness and concentration mm-hmm. these are great things to explore uh, uh, both awareness and concentration are of different types and kinds and takes different shapes and forms depending on what's going on so um, I think to get, start getting a sense of the range of what's possible when you are aware the range of what's possible when we're concentrated and the dynamics between them is part of expanding the vocabulary or understanding the terrain 
And then as you understand it better and better, then you can um, uh, be, have wiser choices about what's appropriate in different circumstances. I think it's probably a wise kind of attitude is that everything in its own time and season. So th- there might be times when it's quite appropriate to lose yourself in a concentrated state when you're, you know, maybe when you're alone in a retreat in deep constant, you know, meditation. But you don't want to lose yourself in the conversation when you're driving the car. You know, so there's a time and place for different, different ways of being. So rather than answering, you know, so what you bring up from the important point of ref- reflection like off our ba- back is uh, we want to get familiar with it all and then be able to choose or have some sense of what's appropriate now, what, what's appropriate to do now in a given context. Someone else? That was Hillary. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> Hi, Marie. Um, we, we were talking about um, the type of person who can um, concentrate um, more easily. And um, so I was paired with someone who was very emotional and I tend to be very even and calm and um, and he is able to get into a blissful state of concentration and um, I concentrate very much when I'm doing something but I can't I find it difficult to um, know what I'm doing when I'm meditating and trying to concentrate. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's the dilemma. So one of the comments of hearing that is that um, there, uh, people are different from each other in some ways, and similar in other ways. And so some of the differences have to do with how the mind works. Some minds tend towards concentration very easily. Some concentration is not so easy. Some minds tend towards mindfulness quite easily. Some mindfulness is difficult. You know, it's different, different things goes on in different circumstances. And so, um, the, um, so some people, you know, you sit next, next to someone meditating and that person gets into bliss just like that. You know, and, and it's just, you know, quite dramatic and like, wow, I wish I could do that. And then you said the other person sitting on the other side of you uh, never gets concentrated, never gets settled, but they've been doing it for a while and they've gotten to be so wise the process of it and you haven't gotten that wise <laughs> you know how, you know what you know but you you you're doing your own thing so different different minds are different ways and uh, and given that there's different minds different capacities some of it has to do with innate capacities some has to do with our life experiences that the mind works certain ways certain different ways the best attitude to have is you've gotten uh, the mind you're supposed to have <laughs> that the the mind that you you have that's your job to work with to find your way with it's just a perfect one that for, tailor made tailor made for you. Because with that attitude, then you begin working with that mind. You find your way with that mind. If you feel like you, you know, you were given the wrong mind, <laughs> you know, somehow the minds were were, were exchanged at birth <laughs> or something that um, it's the wrong mind. 
you know, and you know, it's, you know, then then you're not going to engage with it seriously, respectfully, and, and find your own way to work with that, with, with the material you ha- material you have. So please, please, someone else behind you there, Mary. Marie. <clears throat> I tend to be very active in the mind and would tend toward agitation. Sometimes in the effort to be concentrated, it seems like I'm trying to, um, to repress all that energy um, because I want to be calm and very, and very peaceful. And in a sense, I guess I was reflecting how the energy can be very vibrant and that, you know, if, like, this is the mind I'm supposed to have. Uh, this is my mind that to use... To, to not try to repress the energy, but to transform it to something that is either skillful or, yeah. or wonderful, in it's a sense. It's a, it's a good question to raise. And again, this idea that everything in its time and season, I wouldn't want to rule out ever, never, ever, ever repressing something. It, it might be appropriate in <laughs> some situations. It might be wise, and you learn something in the process. But um, often in meditation, it's not a healthy thing to do overall, to repress uh, but the, what, what might be, but on the other hand, to just give free rein to the mind to be agitated and busy, there's no real benefit for, in terms of meditation for that either. So where's the middle way, or how do you find your way with that? So how can you allow for? And some people find that allowing for the mind as it is, not repressing it, is is one of the wisest ways to let the mind settle down. It'll settle by itself if you make, give it a lot wide pasture and let it be. Other people will find, especially when you're working on concentration practice that there's a way of harnessing all the energy and, and start using it for the purposes of getting concentrated. So if you're really agitated with a lot of energy in your mind and you can't stop thinking, and you're thinking about your taxes, about what's for dinner, about you know, what happened in high school, and you know, all these different things, and you can't stop it all, and that's what the mind's doing. Uh, so l- let it think. Let it be, have all this energy around thinking. But start thinking about your breath. <laughs> thinking about what you're focusing on. And so that's by harnessing it rather than repressing it. Yeah, I think uh, at least what comes to mind, for me that's the hardest when what's going on in the mind is tinged with you know, very strong emotions and it, it, the thoughts are not just you know, what happened in high school, but there's an urgency and there's an intensity to it. Yeah, so then, then, then it's harder to yeah. say, oh, let's have urgent attention to the breath. Or something. So there's a, there's a time and a place for concentration practice or emphasizing that part of the practice so where there's a lot of emotion and, and, and energy like that, it might be a better time for mindfulness. Be really mindful and you know what's actually going on and the emotions, the energy, and the sense of urgency. Yeah, and for me, I, I, I also will do a deep breath and just saying I can connect to breath even in the midst of this urgency. There's, yeah, great. there's something else here too. Okay, wonderful. Here in the front. That was John. I'm Tom. And, um, I, you know, I think most of my life that falling into that really blissful, concentrative state has more or less felt like an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized it when it was happening or afterwards, and it was, wow, that was great. I really loved it, but I had no sense that I could help it happen. But, um, but I think I'm slowly starting to get that, and it's really opening up even more today that I think that there is a, a, a general set of ways for me to be. Getting a good night's sleep, eating right, being in a certain frame of mind makes it more likely in general that that is going to happen. 
and then I also think that there's there's particular types of activities or particular types of events that that come together with my general state to make it more likely that that's going to happen. So I, I, I'm starting to think that there's there can actually be a lot more intent and control over getting into those states than I'd ever thought. Wonderful, wonderful. So it might still be an accident, but if you practice well and live wisely, you can be more accident prone. <laughs> the... Um, what, what, I think I think it's wise the idea that we at least that's how, that's how I experience it for myself is the idea you put the conditions together for concentration and um, and as the mind gets developed and stronger and the capacity to let go becomes better it becomes easier and easier to get concentrated but when I, when there's a kind of a state shift some, you know, some with concentration sometimes there's a state shift sometimes it's obvious state shift sometimes it's a gradual process but clearly kind of in a different state than ordinary walking around the streets. Um, that generally it feels to me like, not, I don't call it an accident, but I feel more like it's a gift. And I feel like I'm not, it's not my doing. And the idea that I'm not doing it, that's a gift, um, heightens for me the sense of appreciation for it, the respect of it that I have. And I find it very meaningful that, that somehow that something, something so important, something so mean, that something state that's so meaningful is... Um, is not something I'm controlling or in charge of, and you know, you know, and I can kind of hang my badge on. Look at me; you know, I'm such a good concentrator. Um, it's not per- in some ways it's not personal, when I, but I, it's my responsibility to put the conditions together. Good. Well, thank you for that. And one of the conditions is to have just the right amount of food for lunch, not too much, not too little. If you want to come back and meditate. So we'll take an hour for our lunch break. We'll start again at 1.30.